Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you season two of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Speaking of Justin Fields, let's get into our QB1 segment. Okay, Dan, first category every week is the defining moment for Justin Fields. What was yours? I mean, it's the obvious one. It's it's the breathtaking, magical, playmaking artistry that Justin Fields shows in taking what looks like it's going to be a sack that's going to put the Bears in third and 34 and sets them up with first and goal at the nine and almost was a 48-yard touchdown run. When you can go in two breaths from facing third and 34 on your side of midfield to being one play from scoring a touchdown from inside the 10 of the opponent, it's amazing. And that's just who Justin Fields has become. He's one of the most electric playmakers in this league right now. I think to my time on this beat, and I think of Khalil Mack and I think of Devin Hester as two guys that – just change games with how electric they can be that can that can, in one moment can juice up an entire football team in one moment can juice up an entire stadium in one moment can flip something that looks like a disaster into a touchdown for your team right and and and, and to have that ability it's unbelievable it wasn't only fields having the strength and the agility to escape Hassan Reddick in the pocket it's once he got out it was almost like you know Reddick gets his arm around him and Justin uses it as a slingshot and then he shoots in the open field and he shows you his elusiveness and then he avoids a tackler and then as impressive as anything was the spin move that didn't count after he stepped out of bounds because he 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 showed that determination that he wasn't going to stop short of the goal line no matter what. He had every opportunity on that run to step out of bounds and, and, and call it a day and just kept fighting and sniffing for that goal line. It's special stuff. And the fact that it's coming so regularly, is it's worthy of celebration citywide. It's, it's, you're right. And that you couldn't have been put it much better. It's, it's like when you watch Mahomes do what he does and, and create opportunities with his mobility and then his accuracy. It's like what Justin Herbert does when you see him drop it back in the pass in the pocket and throw a ball where only he can with the arm strength and the accuracy. Joe Burrow is another guy that comes to mind. When you think of these guys and what they do is sort of their superpower and they do draw you to the television screen and they're like, wow, I can't believe he did that. That's what Justin Fields is like when he's running the football and that's not a knock at him throwing the football, but let's face it. When he's running the football, he does things that only few other guys can do ever. And so that is his superpower. That's what makes him special. So my defining moment is related to what you said, because he had a 39 yard run. He also hit the thousand yard uh, threshold. So that makes him a thousand yard rusher. The defining moment for me came 
after the game when at the podium, you know, everyone talks about Justin Fields and the intangibles. And it's really hard to articulate and to repeat, and it sounds redundant, but Justin Fields was asked about being a thousand yard rusher and did he, you know, what that meant to him. He said it was special and he named all the right guys and the coaches and players and teammates. But the only thing that surprised me about how he took everything in stride with humility was that Dan, when he talked about not wanting to be a thousand yard rusher again, I think that yeah. is very interesting because number one, it's not like, okay, I just did this. Isn't this cool? Let's do it again. This is who I'm going to be. It was almost as if he already has processed the fact that that is cool. It's great. It's historic. And he may end up with the, the, the record by the time the season is over. But he's all right. Like he's had the internal questions about whether that's sustainable or whether that's the best thing for the Bears long term. If he is a perennial thousand yard rusher. Yeah, that may be OK. Maybe they can. But I think he's already thinking ahead and wondering about the wisdom of it because of the exposure to injury, because of what it means. Can you do this? And I just thought that was a presence of mind that really does define him as a leader. Well, I think he also understands what playing quarterback is about and particularly what playing quarterback in this league is all about. And he understands the need for for growth in other areas, both from himself and the unit, the offense as a whole, that will help unlock him as a passer. Justin has been very clear for uh, a matter of weeks now that, that this wasn't his forte at any point in his life, really, before the season, which is kind of crazy. You go back through his college game logs. I think he had 200-yard rushing games in college, one at Georgia as a freshman and one at Ohio State. And so it's not like he was Lamar Jackson at Louisville running around every week and making all these 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 running plays he was a, a pocket passer who did what he needed to do in the running game and, and, and gave that Buckeyes team what he needed in that dimension but this is a whole different level in 2022 and he understands that that's not who he's been and it's not who he's going to be and so that maturity is, is really good at the same time David I thought it was really interesting that he knew he was 206 yards away from the all-time record for quarterback rushing which is Lamar Jackson we'll get into that in a little bit and said hey there's three games left why not go after after it. So for three more weeks, he's going to have his, his running shoes on uh, as much as he can. <laughs> I love that he already did the math. He said it was about 70 yards a game and he's about right. And if he gets that, he'll break the record. All right. How about on the bright side, the next category? Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna just gonna go to both of the touchdown passes because they highlight two different things for Justin Fields that are that are notable for me. The the, the first one of David Montgomery, they use a quick cadence. The Bears do and explain this after the game that it's just something where they can get up to the line, use a quick cadence, and not allow the defense to see what they're doing and react. And so Justin gets up there to use the quick cadence, but he also recognizes that Philly's going to be in a zero blitz and they're bringing the house against him. And it, in order to beat that, you've got to be quick, decisive, and know where your read is. And he goes right to Montgomery with a very simple pass. Right. I think it's maybe two yards beyond the line of scrimmage and it goes to the end zone. And that's the type of play that Matt Eberflus has been talking about. Last week, he told us we've seen how dynamic Justin can be aforementioned in that run that we just talked about for five minutes. We want to see him make some of the ordinary plays more consistently. That's one of those ordinary plays. It's not anything that that that's crazy difficult. It's not anything that's going to show up on your Twitter feed, but it is something that, that shows a quarterback's aptitude. It shows a quarterback's ability to respond, a, a quarterback's ability to make a quick and decisive decision. So that's a beautiful pass. And then you get the, the touchdown pass to, to Pringle late in the game, and you recognize that this is entirely a byproduct of how scared opposing defenses are of Justin 
beating them with his legs. And so he gets out of the pocket there and he's, it's an off script play. And now all of a sudden you've got a bunch of guys in the secondary coming to charge up because they don't want to be embarrassed and put on another highlight reel loop. And the next thing you know, you've got a receiver standing at the two yard line with no defender within two zip codes of them. And it's the easiest touchdown pass you've got. Pringle said after the game, I had to concentrate extra hard because I was so wide open. It goes for a touchdown, but it's a touchdown because of what Justin does with his legs that scares the hell out of opposing defenses. Those are the easiest yards after a catch Byron Pringle has ever had because he basically waltzed into the end zone, didn't go very fast. And it was, uh, yeah, just a matter of he, he, he don't drop it because it was right there. I'm going to stick with that play for my uh, uh, on the bright side, because I do think that for the second game in a row is very similar to me. I know different circumstances and different receivers, but when Justin Fields scrambles now, you don't worry so much about him keeping his eyes down the field. He has done that better. And he has, whether that's an, a point of emphasis or a coaching, you, you know, you talk about coaching and, and that that's a, evidence of coaching. Justin Fields scrambles and he's keep looking for that player, that player to break open and receivers now are used to that. Good things happen. And um, he, he was able to make a play because of that, where I think 10 weeks ago, I wonder if that would have been the case, and certainly last year, I doubt it. So he scrambled, bought himself some time, looked downfield, then put the ball where it needed to be, and Pringle did the rest. Two plays before that magical run that we talked about, he hit a, uh, a, a again, a climb the pocket, slide out to the right, and just drop a little dump off to David Montgomery. It goes for 21 yards. Prime example of what you're talking about there, of, of having the eyes up and not activating the, the legs before you need to, and you get – experience when you see success doing that you compile these plays where it's like oh this is pretty easy i just dropped this off to david he'll get us 21 we'll get a new set of downs we'll move the chains and we'll see what we can do this is all stuff that is you know we asked in september and early october to see market progress out of this young quarterback he's shown us market progress for the last two months and it gives again we talked about it it opens up the box to dream and that's what I think Chicago is doing right now. Now there's another box sitting in the corner that says, here's your Santa scroll worth of needs for 2023. Get some of these addressed. But again, Fields is, is, is answering the bell every single week. There still are always going to be some uh-oh moments. What was yours yesterday? <laughs> it's the fourth quarter. You're down by four points. You're deep in your own territory. And you've got a third down play coming up. And your quarterback gets up after a run and he's stuck on the field. And he's stuck on the field with what looked like a leg injury and turned out to be cramping. And he's got to leave the field. He's got to go to the tunnel. And it leaves you in a four-point game in the fourth quarter at home against a really good opponent to have Nathan Peterman throw a pass to Simba Webster on third and 13. It goes incomplete. You punt. And while your quarterback goes and gets his IV treatment and comes back to, to, to throw a touchdown to Byron Pringle on the next series, in between there, you had a punt. You gave the Eagles the football. They marched for a touchdown and put the game out of reach. Again, we talked about this on our post-game podcast on Sunday evening. At some point, these games and the results of these games are going to matter more to a lot more people, and the stakes are going to be more meaningful, and your quarterback cannot be dealing with consistent issues with cramping. Justin says he's got to get an IV bag before every game. Somebody in this organization has to make sure he gets that IV bag before every game. Somebody's probably got to shove four bananas in his locker at <laughs> halftime. Right? Like, let's, let's exhaust every option to make sure that he doesn't need cramping treatment down the late stages of close games. 
Let's do better. Okay. He, I know he has great agents. I know they look out for his best interests, but Chiquita Banana. Okay. Justin Fields is waiting for you. Whatever <laughs> banana, organic, organic bananas, whoever the case may be, there is a, there is a pitch man. There is an endorser waiting for you because he needs the potassium, Chicago. Let's do the guy a solid and let's give him a banana to endorse. One less, one less vegan donut at Dunkin', you know, one less uh, burrito at Chipotle and something that gets, the, the electrolytes up and the cramping to stop because again, like hopefully this is a two game thing and we never talk about it again. You know, hopefully they get it solved right away. But the next time he cramps is a third time and strike three, you're out and somebody has got to pay for that. Uh, that, that I didn't, I didn't love that because it was, again, it was a critical, a critical moment of a close game. And you know, again, you, you Matt Eberfuss asked him about it on Monday afternoon. He said, yeah, that was a little stressful. And, you know, it was the understatement of the year having to, to throw Nathan Peterman out there to, against the Eagles to throw a pass to symbol Webster. It's not August. It's the, it's, it's a one score game at third and long and, you have Nathan Peterman thrown to Nasimba Webster. That is a preseason connection in primetime action. That's what you don't want. That's a good one. I have two uh-oh moments, and it's not, it's not, we, we've praised him a lot, but there's just two little things if I'm reviewing the tape or watching it again as I began to do before this podcast. Those lateral passes at the line of yeah. scrimmage I referenced after the game, I don't know what it is, but it almost like he hesitates and it's already in his head because he's got to throw lateral and he's not thrown down the field. And I don't know. It's like it's like a great three-point shooter that can't hit a free throw or who's a 60% free throw shooter, but boy, you know, he can really nail the three. I don't know what if it's too orchestrated or too safe of a pass, but he struggles still with these side sidearm lateral passes to the, that are bubble screens. I don't know why, but every time he does that, I think, uh-oh, because it's going to be more difficult to complete than it needs to be. Wednesday of this week, we will get both Luke Getze and quarterbacks coach Andrew Dinoco. It's on my question list because we should get some sort of detailed explanation from these guys who work with them every day to figure out what's going wrong and what the troubleshooting method is. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll try to bring some answers and clarity to that because it is, it's become an every week thing. And that's, yeah. that's where it comes out worthy. So the second one is, is a little bit more defined or specific. So it's third and 16 at the Eagles 20. And you, this is before the, I can't make it from 30 yard, uh, the 30 yard line decision by Cairo Santos, which talked Matt Eberflus into uh, or out of trying a field goal and trusting his kicker. I'll get to that in a moment. But um, so it's third and 16 at the 20, Justin Fields takes a 10 yard loss on third down. Now Hassan Reddick is running him down. And this is a guy that is, has bad intentions. I get it. This is a very accomplished pass rusher. It's easy to say, throw the ball away. But I think if you're coaching him, you've got to say, throw the ball away. They lost 10. They took themselves out of field goal range. The only for the third or the first time in three years, the bears decide to punt at the 30 yard line. Goodness sakes, was that a decision? But they were put in that spot because I think Justin Fields needs to get rid of the ball, even though they have someone coming down at him. It, you have to maybe – it's easy to say anticipate it better, but that was the one where I went a little bit. Oh, it went through my mind. Uh-oh, he should have probably thrown that away. There's an expert level of situational awareness there as well because at some point your quarterback's also got to understand what scoring range is on a given day and, and make sure that whatever you do, you don't – 
retreat out of scoring range. Uh, I obviously got fired up after the game on Sunday talking about a team that, um, you know, got to the 14 yard line and punted. I got more fired up rewatching it on Monday, just thinking like, how, you know, how does that happen? How are you inside the red zone and end that drive with a punt? Um, so yeah, that's definitely, definitely notable. As I said this morning on Monday morning on the radio, it's like in Hoosiers when they asked Jimmy Chitwood during that timeout, okay, and Jimmy says, I'll make it. <laughs> it's like Cairo Santos. They say, what do you think? He'll say, I can't make it. Who does that? Who does well, that? And, 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 you know, Brad Biggs got into it in his 10 thoughts with, with Cairo changing where he's kicking his extra points from now. He's yeah. been on the right hash all year, and now he's moving to the middle, and there's something visually that's messing with his head. And, um, you know, I talked about it on, on 670 The Score on Monday afternoon. It's like, it's like tinkering with your golf swing. And, and if, if you keep messing around with things, you just introduce things in your head that are not supposed to be there. And the more things you have in your head, the, the, the less confident and and, and uh, you know, sure you are that you can get it done. Cairo's got to get that cleaned up. He really has to finish the season on a, on a stretch here where there's three really good games so that they don't have to go into 2023 with him on the Santa scroll. Last category for QB1, the big number. What's yours? 207. It's the number of rushing yards Justin has left to surpass Lamar Jackson as the NFL single season all-time leading rusher. I thought it was notable that he passed Bobby Douglas in game 14 for for the Bears because that's how many Bobby Douglas did it in 50 years ago. It's like Robert Quinn last year breaking Richard Dent's sack record in game 16 instead of game 17. It gives it a little bit more credibility. You know, now Justin's on a, 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 an even playing field with Bobby Douglas. He's got an extra game to, to go past what Lamar Jackson did in 2019. But it's right there, right? You need to average 70 a game basically uh, to get there. And he's been over 70 pretty much every week for the last six or seven weeks. Uh, not something they're going to go out of their way to, to, to make happen. But I would bet you that if he's on the doorstep in, in uh, you know, week 18 in Minnesota, there's going to be a few extra chances for Justin to go ahead and, and get that record to put the punctuation on the season. Um, you know, it will be special punctuation on, on a special year that we'll be talking about here for a long time. Ultimately, you would hope one of these special individual performances is accompanied by success that makes it feel better. Uh, but for right now, we don't have that to, to work with, so we'll work with what we've got. My number would be 119.5. Typically, I'm not a big passer rating guy, but I do think this week it reflects exactly what went on, and that is the passer rating fact takes into account how much and how well you protect the football and Justin Fields protected the football against the league's most aggressive defense in terms of taking it away and when you play uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and you know that you're going to be in for a long day he was sacked six times and yet did not throw an interception knowing that pressure was coming and I think that shows some growth as well because those errant throws were avoided somehow. And that number reflects that because if you protect the football, those numbers will stay high. You know, the passing numbers aren't what you wanted to be 100, 152. He was 14 to 21, efficient enough and accurate, two touchdowns. But really the big number to me was the lack of interceptions uh, against a defense that is not afraid to jump routes and is going to collapse the pocket and make you throw it where you don't want to. And he avoided those kind of mistakes. And I think that was significant. Did not appear frantic at any point 
point during the game Sunday. And that's the biggest victory of any victory that the Bears could have taken out of that because it's just a sign that he's comfortable now. And I, I, I've said this in the last couple of weeks that when you get that calm and comfort that Justin's talked about here over the last month, that puts you on an escalator toward command. And once you get quarterback command, you're on a new floor as, as an NFL quarterback. And, and it's, it's a nice thing to be on that escalator <laughs> and to try to get there. So we'll see where they take this.